It's special bonus time. It's been a while since we've had a bonus episode for you guys, an interview, but we have one and we have our first current NFL player on the podcast. So we've had Luis Vasquez, we've had Chris Birdman Anderson on. Now we get to meet Kendrick Green, number 53 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, third round draft pick this past season and a former teammate of mine. Funny enough, we played together in China for the uh, IFAF championships back in 2016, but uh, he's a great story. He's a big personality. I think you guys are really going to enjoy him. And uh, you guys just got to see him make his debut last night in the Hall of Fame game. So hopefully he made a good impression. And then you guys can get to know him a little bit more along with this interview. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Fidge Fridge 53, the underscore Fridge 53. And then him on Instagram, it's KJ Green underscore 53. But uh, if you're a Steelers fan or if you're a fan, uh, Illinois football fan, he's an Illinois football alumni. Be sure to check him out and follow him on his social medias there and, and check out the podcast uh, today and tell your friends because you guys are going to get to learn a lot more about Kendrick Green, more than just the football side of things. Uh, but I, I uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Nico, what do you what are you feeling right now going into this interview? I'm very, very surprised you're letting a Steelers guy on the pod, Jimbo. As as a as a as a diehard Steelers hater as you are, letting a Steelers guy on the pod, dang, it must have took a lot. It already hurts. You rubbing my nose in is just what I need. Thank you. The champ is here. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, and we have a very, very special guest in this episode of The Far End of the Bench. He is a 2016 IFAF International Federation of American Football Silver Medalist, along with myself. He went to Peoria High School up in Peoria, Illinois, where he played baseball, football, and went on to anchor, actually, and he wrestled at Peoria High School, and then he went on to anchor the University of Illinois offensive line before being drafted 87th overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers, also announced by Daryl McDaniels of Run DMC. So that's a, a cool thing. But Kendrick Green joins us today. Kendrick, thank you for coming on and uh, donating some of your time to be on the far end of the bench. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man, for sure. Glad to be here. Uh, you know, anything for my my boy uh, was in the trenches with me in, uh, in China. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, I guess. I, I just I'll, I'll put this up here. I don't know if you still got yours somewhere, but this was hanging on my wall right by my desk. So I was like, I got yeah. it. There's the proof. We did go to China. It says Harbin, China, uh, somewhere on the middle, probably on this side. I don't know. I don't read Mandarin. I never picked it up. Uh, but yeah, Nico, this is uh, another big interview. We keep bringing the heat on, on all these interviews. First Birdman, Luis Vasquez, and now we got a third, third round pick in the NFL draft and a current player. Oh, of course, the the, ne- the next man up in Pittsburgh. I mean, talk about talk about the a Steelers organization that is in need of offensive linemen, and Kendrick Green here is going to be anchoring the anchoring the, the team that you basically despise, Jimmy. Um, which which is going to be interesting. Which is going to be kind of funny because you may have to, we may have to get a Kendrick Green uh, Steelers jersey, and I don't know how much you're going to like that. Oh man, that I we've Kendrick and I talked about that. I told him even though like it's cool that he got drafted. I hope that you you play well against the Bengals, but I hope that the Bengals win. But, hey, I said that a Mike Webster jersey might be the only Steelers jersey. I agree with you. We, we might have to get some 53 Kendrick Green jerseys rolling around here um, yeah, man. in that black and yellow of Pittsburgh. But let's start, Kendrick, kind of 
basically at the beginning of your story out there were you born and raised in Peoria or did you end up moving there um at a, at a young age how did that whole thing come about with your family no yeah born and raised in Peoria Illinois uh, whole family is uh you know born and raised in Peoria Illinois as well so um but yeah man just uh actually kind of miss home not gonna lie so <laughs> It's gotta be nice though. You're kind of in the Midwest though, so it's it's, it's not. Can't I'm sure it's it's probably not too far though. But um, going up in Illinois, I mean, I, I played college football in Illinois for one year, and I know that Mississippi River cold can get to you. Is it? Are, do you feel like you're prepared a little more for Pittsburgh, knowing that you played in the like the rain and the snow in Illinois? Uh, absolutely, and it, honestly, you know, I think it'd be the other way or like, I think if I went to a place like Miami or, you know, Houston or something, man, I don't know if I'd survive because the heat turns me into a bitch, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, 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 I'd rather, I'd much rather take the uh, freezing, the, you know, the freezing rain, the snow games, you know, I'd rather, I'd take that any day over 98 degrees, 99, you know what I mean? And mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's going to fit right in, in that Pittsburgh attitude. They're known as the hard nosed organization for a reason. Um, like I said, you were a three-sport athlete in, in high school. Did you – what sport did you start with? Where did where did you first become an athlete and kind of figure out that you were probably a better athlete than everybody you were playing against, I'd assume? I mean, I, I met you when you were a junior in high school and you were bigger and stronger than everybody. So what, when did you start playing and what sport did you start playing first? Um, so, yeah, uh, flag football, uh, seven years old, second grade. And um, right after that, you know, that season ended, I got into basketball that same year and uh, – yeah, kind of just started rolling with it ever since. So, um, you know, I think the year after that, I, I played, you know, obviously played football again and then um, still played basketball. But then I got into wrestling and baseball that next school year. You know what I mean? So I just kind of did that all the way up until high school. And then, you know, uh, had to make a decision between basketball and wrestling when it came when I when it came to go to high school. So I uh, stuck with the mat. Yeah, well, when we when we talked with Louis, Louis Vasquez, who he he was a big time baseball player as well in different sports. Do you think playing baseball, playing wrestling, especially, do you think that translated to necessarily your footwork? And um, excuse me, and how how you've uh, how you've grown into the player that you've become? Yeah, one hundred percent. I would say, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, wrestling being your hand to hand combat, you know, body leverage, body position, body control. I think that's the biggest piece that people forget about is body control. But, um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I attribute a lot of my success on the field to coming from the mat for sure. That's a uh, pretty common too. Like I, I know countless stories of old offensive linemen who played in the NFL. There's a few that didn't even play football in college, but they got picked up off the NCAA wrestling mats in the national tournament and uh, found their way onto the football field. It's got to go well with that mental toughness side too. I mean, we get, we'll, we'll get to the experience in China, and that was kind of a mentally – I would say it, it was a mentally challenging situation. But I, I know from my experience wrestling and you wrestling obviously have, have similar experiences, but it just makes you into a different kind of person mental-wise. mental, mental wise. Like you're, you're able to deal with everything once you get through a wrestling practice. You, you feel that same way? Yeah, my wrestling coach has always said, like, you know, once you've wrestled, everything else in life becomes a little bit easier just so, you know. So um, I definitely – I can definitely we're on the same page with that. And then uh yeah, with the with the China thing. <laughs> that was uh I've never been, you know, so happy to to land like in the now we landed in New York, man. I was the that was so I was so happy to get off that damn plane, man. Oh my god. 
it was a lot of travel. I, I don't blame you for I, I had a similar feeling getting to JFK up in up in New York. And I was like, wow, everybody's walking around. I, I understand the language people are speaking. I don't feel like anybody's talking about me, except they probably were because I looked like I got back from China from three weeks and <laughs> probably stunk and all that kind of stuff. But uh, speaking of China, we I haven't really talked about the, how I got selected for that team, but I'm more interested about what the process was for you because you're a year younger than us in school. We, I was a senior when I just graduated high school when we went to China, and so did Nico. We were in the same graduating class. You were a junior in high school, so uh, USA football, did you go to the camps? How, how did that relationship start with the USA football organization, and how did it get to you getting the call to be on that U16 team to go to China and play in the IFAFs that year? Um, I actually uh, – so what my high school coach, he did a lot of stuff with USA football. And uh, I don't know if you remember AI, Aaron Ingram or not. I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah. Hard guy to forget. But, um, but uh, you know, they, they had a good relationship. And uh, I had just started getting recruited pretty heavily. You know, the Big Ten offers rolling in and stuff like that. And uh, I think AI reached out to my coach like, yo, like, you know, this, like, I mean, we know he's pretty good. Like, what, what, what do you want to come to China and play? And me being from where I'm from, I hadn't never met anybody go to China. So I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'll go. You know what I mean? So, but – um. I would, don't want to say I regret it, but uh, it was not easy. So. Yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty standard throughout. I, I told you the same thing. There were challenges that I wish I would have been prepared for going into it, but that's one of those experiences. I mean, just you remember sitting in those classrooms in New Jersey. I've told Nico this story off air, but they were like giving us the culture lesson. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how you reacted to this because I, I was pretty shocked by it. But one of the things that they had to sit us down in the Chinese language, instead of you know, when we're thinking for the next thing that we're going to say, it's normally like wow. an um or, a, you know, just kind of dead air. Uh, in, Chi- in the Chinese language, they decided that their um is going to be replaced by a certain word. In, in the English language, that would be, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not going to say it, but it could be offensive. Uh, they, they used a uh, iteration of the n-word when they're gonna do the the, um (laughs) but they had to sit us down in a classroom and they put put the word up on the board and they were like i know that this is probably not you usual for all you guys but we're gonna hear this a lot and it's not gonna mean the same thing so what did you feel like sitting in those classrooms and and just getting ready for the culture shock that was china i remember like i'm like i remember hearing that and i'm like there's no way in hell like like who like I feel like that was something I'm like, man, I feel like I would have heard this before if this was really a thing, you know. But um, I personally never heard when we got to China, I never heard, you know, anybody use that, you know, as like a filler, as a space filler. But uh, but I like I told you earlier, I was talking to, you know, Dewan Cooper. He was like, man, I was saying the N-word and stuff like that. I'm like, we were like, they warned us about that. You know what I mean? I do remember that react. That shit was funny. That was, it was super funny. Definitely. Uh, yeah, man, I forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> Crazy some was, of the things. Yeah, Go was ahead, it Nick. uh playing playing against international competition? Obviously, football isn't necessarily a sport that you see a whole lot of international competition. Um, was that was that necessarily an eye opener to you being like, man, Team USA, this is this is like I'm playing with some of the best players in the country on the high school level, and we really are. I mean, not to not to float our boat a little bit, but we are that much better than everyone else in the world at football. Man, uh like you guys just seen Jimmy hold up the silver medal. Uh, should have had the gold for sure. Should have, yeah. Man, um, but that man, that Canada team was really good. Uh, 
I would say they're they're definitely uh they're a lot to handle for sure. But um, but man, you would see like, like man, like. I mean, like Mexico had some athletes. I remember Austria had like a few, few, you know, good players and stuff like that. Uh, Australia, you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, like there's like some kids who like, if they were in the U S they could definitely be like, you know, playing D one football and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely an eye opener to just see how, you know, how much serious, how like, I feel like a big gap in those games, like were just the fact of us knowing the game a little bit more, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll say that was like the biggest thing. Each country kind of had their own way that they played, too. We played, when we were out there, we played Austria, Canada, Japan, and then Canada in the gold medal yep. game. And yep. Austria, I, I like to say, they basically turned on the NFL from the 90s and watched the Cowboys and the 49ers were like, oh. So we run two tight ends in an I formation uh, under center, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have big linemen. But then Japan, like, we were so much more physically just bigger than Japan but I will say that Bushido code, like we were up, we got up like 40 on these guys and they were still playing like it was zero, zero. They had a chance to beat us. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that, 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 that kamikaze, uh, little mm-hmm. mindset type of, yeah, man, that they were, they, they were till that clock hit zero. I, that's, I, I remember that as well. Damn. Yeah. And then, uh, to some memory. <laughs> well, you got, you were brought in, uh, in the camp when we were doing the training camp for New Jersey, you were brought in as an offensive lineman. Then they started using you, more as a defensive lineman for the tournament. Um, did they decide, did they tell you going in that you were probably going to be on both sides or did they, that, was that a decision that you think they made once we got over there and saw some of the people that we had on the team? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, AI to, you know, told my coach, like, you know, we were kind of open to having them at both. I, I honestly, uh, I think I wanted to play D-line, so that's kind of why it more went that way, if we're being honest. But, um, but yeah, uh, and like, you know, I knew there was a little bit room, a little bit more room for me to get on the field. I feel like uh, I feel like there, there's a little bit of lack of depth on our team at, at that spot. But yeah, uh, definitely, um, definitely was something I kind of wish I would have played O-line a, uh, a little bit more. I think it would have been a little bit more fun, honestly. It was interesting. That last game was not fun when we threw the ball 50 times trying to come back yeah. against Canada. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, but then going from – so. Like I said, you still had another season, yet another season of college or high school football, and then high school wrestling. When you came back from China, where you kind of did it, did you was it in your head a little bit? Like I just came from an international tournament, and I'm going to have to come back and play against all these kids that, you know, every single high school, no matter what state you're in, you got the teams that are really good that are going to be tough games, but every team has like a couple scrubs that that wind up playing on varsity. So would you say that maybe it kind of got in your head a little bit coming back and playing high school football from China? Uh, I would, I was definitely, uh, so I came back in the middle of our like training camp type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, sorry about that. I was just getting a call, but, um, but yeah, and it was just, uh, it was definitely a little bit harder to lock in, you know what I mean? For sure. And then just being exhausted. I do. I got off the plane. We, when we landed at like, it had to been like midnight or something like that. Right. And we got to JFK. It was, it was 23 was, hours in the air. You know what I mean? And, like, like just being on that jet for that – on that plane for that long, like we just mentioned earlier, the fucking uh, – the, the the delay. Um, And then, you know, I had a flight to Chicago at 6 a.m., and then I was back in my hometown by, like, 8 a.m. We had practice at 10 o'clock that day. I'm like, well, I might as well go to practice, you know what I mean? And, uh, I like, I just remember that and, like, just really thinking, like, man, like, these kids have no idea, you know what I mean? Like, 
these kids yeah. like I feel like our, our we had a lot of talent on that on that USA team. Like we had a lot of guys go play D one ball or just college ball in general. My high school team, we were good. We ended up winning the state title that year, but uh, we didn't have like a lot of college talent. If, if I'm being honest, so what uh, what level was Peoria? Was it? I don't know how they do the in Colorado. They yeah. do five A is the top level, and then go down from there. How do they split it in? So yeah, in, in Illinois, there's eight. There's eight classifications, and we won. We like there's you know one through eight A, and then uh, we won five A. So we're like in the middle, I guess you could say. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense then. And you said. We were talking before because um, I didn't know where Peoria was. You're on the total opposite side of Illinois than Chicago pretty much is what you're saying, right? Kind of more on the plains. Yeah, so if you uh, – I guess I'm closer to Iowa than I am Chicago. I, I, guess I wouldn't say I'm on the border of Iowa and Illinois. But, like, man, if you, like, look at the map and you go look from Chicago to St. Louis, Peoria is, like, right in the middle of the two. You know what I mean? So I guess that's, like, the best way to look at it. I don't know. <laughs> living in illinois were you were you a bears fan growing up were you a uh were you a st louis rams fan or growing up or did you necessarily have a team that you loved you loved rooting for uh growing up i was a ladanian tomlinson fan so i love the uh, san diego chargers that no was, way that's yeah. why my brother suffers as a jets fan now because he followed lt from the Chargers to the jets yep 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 oh. I, I, wherever, I was i followed him off his whole career man so Damn. Um, so you you won the state championship that year in football. You won a wrestling state championship that year. Was that did you win one wrestling or did you? I didn't. I, uh, didn't. I actually got fourth my senior year. I should have won. I choked. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't. Yeah, I knew yeah. that you had one one under your belt. I just got a sixth place in the region medal of my name. So you yeah. made it to the big dance anyways. Especially out there in Illinois, that that would have been. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, big wrestling state for sure. Yeah. So so now let's let's talk about a little bit of your recruiting process because I mean you were got you got a chance to go play for Illinois and play for Lovey Smith for I believe it was two years or one or two years. Um, how how was that recruiting process? And did you kind of want to stay close to home um, when you chose Illinois? Yeah, I had you know I had you know going through that process. It was really between. Uh, kind of narrowed it down at the end. It was Illinois, Iowa, and Notre Dame, and uh, just stuck with Illinois, you know, being close to home. You know, that, I grew up an hour, and at like hour 15 minutes away from University of Illinois. Had a girlfriend in high school, didn't want to be too far from her, you know what I mean? So uh, if, we're, if we're being honest, it's kind of – I think that's kind of where it, uh, what, uh, what separated Illinois from the other two, so. It makes sense, though, because you go from being – you're close there and then – it's similar, like that's still D one ball, still Big Ten ball, but you're not going to the Ohio States or or anything like that. You're still able, like you registered your first year, but I'm sure that there was a lot more competition going into that decision to register you that first year than there would have been. You know, there is something to be said for picking a place where you could have ample playing time right away, and I feel like that uh, Illinois we talked about it. They're getting better. Like last season, you guys were in a lot of games. You guys were competing with everybody, but Illinois football's got, got a little bit of a climb. I think still they're getting to the point that they want to be at, but I feel like that, that probably was a, a good decision for you too. In hindsight, you got to come in and play right away. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it ended up working out. Like you said, yeah. Uh, hindsight ended up working out, but, uh, but yeah, Illinois is definitely still on the, the uphill battle, but, I think change is coming, man. I'm, I got, I got a, uh, I got, a, I got, a, I'm, I got a lot of confidence in Brett Bielema. So we'll see what happens. 
definitely. Um, then how, how much of a, a difference did you feel going from high school to college? Because, like I said, you were physically, you were pretty much ready for D1 ball right away. Did you feel like maybe you, you had to catch up in other areas because you were so much farther ahead physically than a lot of guys your age when you were transitioning? Um, you know, just uh, I think it was a, a lot of the mental game. I was definitely strong enough, but, um, you know, and but I think uh, like obviously same thing with me coming from college to the NFL now is just place. Well, sorry, it's just play speed. You know what I mean? The game's just a little bit faster. Obviously, but once you get used to that, you know, it's kind of same thing. You just kind of get uh, the game slows down for you mentally and you just try and grow and develop. So do you uh, you prefer playing guard or center? Because I know you played both and I know you're kind of working both right now in training camp. But do you have a preference? Um, I, I like I, I like I like them both for different reasons. You know, I like uh, kind of like directing the traffic at center and kind of, you know, having the snap count be in my hand and use it to my advantage. But uh, also at guard, I don't really have to worry about snapping the ball. I can just, you know, put put a little bit more weight on my hand, and you know, come off the ball. So, uh, you know, pros and cons of both, I guess you could say. You, you're going to work out a deal where, like, if you get pissed off at somebody, you get to switch over to guard and just rotate right. them? <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be ideal for sure. Uh, um, going into that last season with COVID, what was that time like? And was there a, was there a decision to be made, I guess, where you, where you may be thinking about uh, moving on earlier? Or, or what was that whole thing like when they were still trying to figure out if the Big Ten was going to play? Yeah, I was uh... – we thought we were going to play, like, in January, like, have a winter season, you know I mean? That's what we were hearing. But, um, but no, I mean, I knew, like, I needed that last season, to, you know, to get drafted, obviously. But uh, so I had no intentions on, on really going anywhere, actually. So. so getting into now necessarily the draft process, obviously it's – it's a little bit different. There's, there's not as much, there was, there was no combine. There were, there was uh, just basically the school combine days. How was that process going through that being having to do zoom calls and having to do all of that? Because obviously it's, it's a, it's a completely different draft experience and getting and, and be going through the whole process now than it has been in years past. Uh, I would say that was, that, like, just from the time I declared to the time I got drafted, probably the most stressful, what, five months I've ever, ever endured in my life, man. It was, you know, you're just always constantly, uh, you know, your interviews to, you know, training, working on, you know, working on your craft, trying to, you know, put up good numbers and test well and all that. And it's just like, man, like, you know, it, and it all rides on one day, right? So say the day you test, you know, you're having an off day, you know, then, you know that's just you are what you are, right? But uh, I would definitely say that that process is uh, – I'm sure anybody who's went through it can test. Like, it's one of the most stressful things ever. When did you make that decision that you were going to declare? Because you still have – you still had eligibility going into the season. But uh, what was that deciding factor where you were like, you know what, I'm ready to, to move on and, and maybe see how far I can take this thing? Um, you know, I was, I was actually really conflicted. Uh, just like, man, like, do I want to, you know – should I stay at Illinois another year? Should I transfer? You know, should I, uh, you know, or like, should I declare, you know, and it, I literally, it was like, I had like 72 hours left to decide when I decided. So it was kind of down to the last minute, man. It was really stressful. It's a lot of praying, a lot of, you know, talking to my folks and just, you know, I decided, you know, just bet on myself and it ended up working out. I thought I was going to go a little bit higher this year than I would. I actually went, but you know, no complaints. I think I landed in a great spot. So. 
Yeah, and I think too, was there a, a deciding person that you kind of went to and or was, was it a combination of, of your parents and, and prayer and all that kind of thing? Or was there somebody that you sat down and was like, listen, I got to figure out how to make this decision because I'm running out of time and, and I need to figure out what's what's going to help me make this decision decision easiest. Was there one person that you kind of went to? No, it was like, like you said, a little bit combination of things, you know, talking with my people with Coach Lovey Smith after he got uh, let go of Illinois, talking with him and, you know, uh, talking with other guys who were already in the NFL and, you know, just things like that. And those, I think everything kind of just, you know, had its role in, in the, in the equation to get me to end up declaring. Is there a, a tight knit, uh, you know, between the guys that have gone through the Illinois football program? Is it, um, is, are the people that have gone through it, are they good about coming back and helping out some of the guys that they've played with before? Or, or is it once you get out of there, you're just like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to move on and try and figure out my way. Or is there a good mentor program too? Uh, I think like uh, guys definitely uh, go out of their way to stay in touch. You know what I mean? Uh, as they should, but uh, it's like, but you really don't see too many guys come back to Illinois, you know, and, and uh, like after when they're in the NFL, you don't really see that too much, but you know, I, I plan on trying to come back though and see my guys and stuff. So. Yeah. I think, you know, that's part of a, a good culture too is if guys that are successful that have been able to go through the program once you start coming back and helping them out it, it feeds itself and that's kind of you know Absolutely. when you're trying to rebuild a program that's that's one thing that I think is is definitely needed and, and I mean why not be the first one you know you're, right absolutely yeah um so then you were with your family, family, obviously you didn't, didn't end up going to the draft. What was that? Uh, was it still stressful at your draft party or were you guys, you know, pretty confident that at some point you were going to get called? You know, I was like 80% sure I was going to go, you know, in the second or third round. Uh, I was pretty confident, but you know, still, you still got that, that lingering 20%. Right. And um, I was definitely nervous. That was a super stressful day as well. Just sitting on the couch, waiting and waiting and waiting, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, man. When I got that call, man, I don't, I don't even remember like what well, I just remember. Hey, hey, it's Mike Tomlin, and then I blacked out. Like I don't remember shit else after that. It was a great experience for sure. Were there a few teams that you just heard heard from through the draft process? Obviously, the Steelers being one of them. Um, that you you kind of had a feeling maybe okay, maybe this is a spot where they're gonna take me. Or um, were, were there some teams that that you not necessarily you want to go to, but you you had discussions with that you felt pretty confident that you might've ended up there. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, Houston, uh, LA Rams, Atlanta, um, you know, green Bay, you know, those are all teams. I was like, you know, like I think it was a good probability that I land there, the jets as well, New York jets. But, um, but yeah, you just, you really never know until, you know, cause anything can literally happen. Right. So yeah, I'm no, glad it worked no. out though. So. There's, there's countless stories of guys getting drafted and you're like, I never even spoke to, anybody at that organization and all of a sudden that's where I'm going to be living uh, I I will echo what Nico said earlier though at least you're in the Midwest so you're not like those guys from Miami that end up going up to Green Bay and you're like I don't own right. winter clothes or a pair of pants so we'll right first, first stop is the clothing store um, but no I think all of those organizations you know the Steelers made sense um, I would say especially seeing what they did after the season the Packers made a lot of sense because they're trying to rebuild. They just let Lindsley walk, who was yep. an all pro center. Um, 
But no, the Steelers, you know, for as much as I don't necessarily care for the organization, that's a, <laughs> as an offensive lineman, there's worse organizations to play for than the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. It's true, man. Look, right where I'm sitting at, I got the freaking hold on, cameras on where I got the view of Hard Speaking right here from my apartment. <laughs> right there, right there at Three Rivers, man. That's that's where they used to have the old stadium and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh so when you, you arrived at Pittsburgh, you show up to the facility the first day. Is that another moment where you're like able to, or were you able to take it in or were you, you know, in a whirlwind almost same, same situation when Tomlin called and you're like, man, I, I don't remember a whole lot from this. I mean, I, honestly, I think my big moment of a like realization, I guess was like, you know, I had got on a flight from Chicago to Pittsburgh, really quick flight, but uh, just landing, like, you know, the, you know, the captain speaking, you know, it's like, at the end, he's like, you know, welcome to Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really here. You know what I mean? I think that was my big moment for sure. But, yeah, showing up to the facility, like, my locker being right next to Ben Roethlisberger, you know what I mean, and Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster's right next to me as well. You know, like, that's just, it's just kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of a different thing for sure. How, how many, how many uh, TikToks? Are you are you gonna be a part of? Is my question. If you're if you're right next to Claypool and Juju, are you gonna be are you gonna be uh, dancing? We're gonna see you all over social media. Uh, I'm not I'm not too big of a dancer myself, but so I'll try. Maybe if they need somebody to hold the phone and like record it, maybe I'll be that guy. But looking like a true center, like no, I won't be involved, but I'll help yeah, out. Man. Like I, I got yeah. you guys. I'll For get sure. the, I'll get the angles and all that. Uh, that's a. I feel like that'd be a hell of a message to be sent to you. You show up, you're, you know, that you're a center, you know, that Marquise Pouncey just uh, declared his retirement. And, and now you show up and your locker's right next to the starting quarterback, not just a starting quarterback, but a hall of fame, future hall of fame quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champion. Did you, did, was he cool about introducing himself to you or did you maybe feel a little intimidated at first? How did, how did that relationship start? No, so he actually uh, had me and uh, three other of the draft pick, offensive draft picks over. That's kind of how we, uh, he kind of had us uh, come over to his house. Beautiful house, by the way. Crazy. But, um, you know, he made steaks for us. We got to meet his family and stuff. But and we just kind of chopped it up. But, um, but yeah, it was, he, was, he was, he was very welcoming. You know, he's a really, he's honestly a great guy. Just, you know, trying to help us out with, uh, you know, picking other playbooks and things like that. And he's Honestly, he's just like another coach, if we're being honest. Uh, I think it's it's as a it's a big deal for us. He's he's as a rookie offensive lineman, a rookie center, having a guy like that to fall back on is that's not something that you expect coming into the league. But there's not too many things that that would be able to help you more than than having a guy like that. So absolutely, yeah. And, and the reports are he's. Uh, you know, not that he hasn't taken stuff seriously, but now he's come out and said himself, like he's rededicated himself. He saw what Tom Brady did. Are you able to see a little bit of that change or, or you maybe haven't seen him around enough to, to be able to really notice any kind of difference? Uh, honestly, I didn't. I feel like I would have to see him before, you know, like uh, how what his habits were before. But he's, you know, he's a guy he's always in. He's working on his body. You know, you can see him in his locker. He's reviewing his plays and stuff like that. Uh pretty locked in guy, pretty focused guy, pretty serious demeanor. So uh, definitely, like, I, I, I would definitely say he's about his business. So so going into a brand new offensive line room, obviously being in the offensive line room in Illinois, you're, you're almost seen as the man. So now going into a new offensive line room where it's a historic place like Pittsburgh, um, how, is, how, how is that necessarily trying to fit in, trying to 
because you, you're, you're fighting against those guys for playtime. But at the same time, if you all are on the same page, it's going to end up not end up all right. So how, how, how is that first getting into the building, into that offensive line room? You know, just kind of, you know, you're back at the bottom of the feeding chain, uh, the, you know, the, the totem pole, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, just like the other day, I just had to go do my do some rookie duties and grab snacks for the whole line room and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, man, just kind of, you know, you got to prove your prove your worth, you know, worth to stay. So, you know, just back to the drawing board, back to putting in work and, you know, uh, earning your respect. That's what it's all about. So. Is there a guy in the room that's kind of the de facto leader? I would assume that it was probably Pouncey before he retired, but is there a guy that you can tell that everybody's kind of looking towards who's maybe been there the longest or been in the league longer than, than most? Uh, I would say, you know, like that's a big thing with our room. Like we, we got a lot of guys who aren't, you know, we got guys who, who've got some starts, but we don't really have anybody who's, you know, been in Pittsburgh for a while and got the X amount of seasons under their belt. Like we really don't have that guy, you know, but – we do have older guys like Zach Banner, Zach Banner, uh, Chooks, Okawa Four. Um, you know, those those two guys, I would say, probably are more towards the leaders of the room. Uh, is there – you got a, a close teammate that you've made? Who, who would you say is your, your best friend? Maybe it's another rookie that you were drafted with or, or a guy that you've ended up – I know camp just started today, but do you got a, a guy that you're close with so far? Uh, yeah, really close with, uh, you know – uh, Dan Moore, fourth round pick at a, a tackle at a Texas A&M, mm-hmm. um, and Najee Harris. I me and him are pretty tight. Pat, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, tight end, second round pick. Um, I feel like us four are kind of like you know we're, we're, we're pretty close. So, uh, how excited were you when you're like, oh shit, I just got drafted to the Steelers, then they drafted Najee Harris. I got to block for a guy like Najee Harris. Yeah, and you know after like me, I didn't know how he was gonna be as a person, but man, Najee's a great dude. Um, and obviously he's a freak, you know, like athletically, he just does stuff. I've never seen like somebody so big do, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, man, definitely his legs bigger than you. His dude, his calves, like just the veins are just running through his whole life. It's, it's, it's really crazy. But no, nah, man, I got some pretty big legs myself. So I don't know. Uh, if I wouldn't say bigger, but I, I know that he's, <laughs> I know he's got some tree trunks on him. I just had to ask. Yeah. I didn't know if the offensive lineman was going to come out or the, the pride, you know, <laughs> the, the rookie is like, nah, he's big, but I'm bigger. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he ain't lying. So, no, man, that's uh, uh, yes. So, being sorry, sorry, I jump in here because I thought about this on the top of my head. So, with with uh, who are you most necessarily because you're because you're in the middle of the line, so you're not necessarily going to see Cam Hayward every single every single practice necessarily, even though you may see him now and then. Is there a guy because the division has a bunch of great inside linemen talk about Geno Atkins talk about um, guys like uh, Derek Wolf in, in, in Baltimore um, is there a guy in division that you're you're kind of got your eyes on you're like dang I can't wait to go up against this guy Nah, man I'm honestly I'm shoot I haven't even thought about who we're playing or any of that yet you know I just you know I'm really working really focused on and focused and trying to wire in and get this get this starting position you know that's my first focus but I'm sure well uh, when the time comes there'll be some guys that, like like you said you know Atkins and you know you got Calais Campbell at Baltimore and stuff like that so yeah, yeah and who knows TJ Watt might circle around on a blitz sometime and get, get in the <laughs> middle of the line and then you're like oh, you never know oh. right exactly yeah. no I mean uh if you're gonna go to a place and get challenged and see if you're really about this NFL life not uh, I'm I got tons of confidence in you as an offensive lineman, you might as well start in the AFC North because it's not going to get a whole lot harder. 
I would say yeah. maybe the AFC South a couple years ago when you got Calais Campbell and Jacksonville and J.J. Watt, but the AFC North is notorious for their defense and, and having tough defenses to go up against. Absolutely. Uh, is there a, you know, any, any kind of surprise? What, what I guess was the biggest surprise to you being a professional than, than what you've done so far? Cause obviously the international camp, we, we weren't professionals, but we basically only had to focus on football. Is that a transition having so many things in school and then coming to the NFL and you're like, I got practice and I got, I got film. And then I kind of got to figure out what, what the rest of my day is going to look like. Was there a little bit of a transition there too? Honestly, it's like, I wouldn't say it's a transition because it's just like, it's like really just like a sigh of relief. Like, oh, no school. Like I'm done. You know what I mean? Um, I got my degree. I'm finished, you know, but, uh, but no, nah, yeah, just when it's all football, that just makes it a little bit, you know, it just makes it better. You know, obviously there's a lot of more, a lot more stress that comes with the NFL, you know, there's a lot more weighing on your shoulders, but I'd take this any day over college ball for sure. Uh, and then you've mentioned earlier, you do have a, a new little daughter, a little eight month old daughter. How's that been transitioning to the dad life and then also, you know, trying to become the, the NFL player that you want to be for her as well? Yeah, man, just like, you know, kind of like the newfound, newfound enthusiasm, newfound motivation. Um, you know, when it comes, you know, just by perfecting my craft, you know, I got a little bit more reason to, uh, you know, to get after it. So, you know, she's eight months old. Uh, wouldn't trade her for the world, man. It's definitely a dad life. I love it, man. It's dope. So, yeah, now she'll be able to. I I know that she's gonna have as many Kendrick Green jerseys in her closet as possible because she's gonna be Literally. be a little cheerleader. Oh, um, she's so. gonna wear probably for for all all the fall season. Right. Uh, it's there's there's worse color combinations than black and gold. Not many worse color combinations, <laughs> but there are some worse combinations. Oh, um, you actually, you know, speaking of the USA football connection that we have. Dwayne Haskins, I played with him in one of the international bowl games out in Arlington. Uh, have you had a lot of contact with Haskins since he's been in the organization or has he kind of been around much? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of just work on snaps every day, you know, just snapping the ball. Uh, Haskins is a great dude, really chill guy. Um, so yeah, uh, he's been around, you know, we got I thought like our quarterback room is pretty solid, uh, mm -hmm. solid group of guys. Yeah, he was talented. He's one of the more talented quarterbacks that I can remember playing with, and I only got to play with him for one All-Star game, so I didn't even get to see all that he can do. But as somebody who's kind of seen him out on the field, can you second that notion? Like, talent-wise, Dwayne Haskins is able able to play. He just hasn't necessarily gotten those opportunities to, to show that necessarily. Uh, man, he can spin it for sure. That, that can, uh and just watching him throw is like it's it's beautiful. Like just the ball, I, I don't know that. I don't think I've ever seen anybody with like just with better like the way he just the way the ball comes out of his hand, man. It's definitely a sight to see. But I, yeah, he's definitely talented. He's got you know good arm strength, good arm accuracy. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm excited to see what the future holds for him as well. Uh, that's also a situation where you kind of got to count your blessings. Like I got drafted into this organization with an established, you know you didn't get drafted to a team that's going through an identity change right now where you don't have a mascot or anything like that. That's a, uh, it's a step yeah. up as well. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, you know, I thought, like I said, I feel like I fell into the, a great situation being here in Pittsburgh, man. So. Yeah. Well, uh, before we, we kind of wrap things up, we do this with all of our guests and it's a rapid fire question round. So we're going to throw some questions at you. 
some of them might stump you, but we, we want to get your, your answer for some of these. Uh, Nico, you got one to start off with? Okay. For favorite stadium you've played in? Kinnick Stadium, uh, University of Iowa. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a cool one, too, with the hospital right behind there. Definitely. Definitely. Was it even better because you, you were thinking about playing there and then you got to go out there and still experience the stadium? Like, experiencing it, like, watching a game from there as a fan, I'm like, wow, I could imagine this is crazy. And then we go there, like, you know, the sideline, like, the fans are right on top of you. They're fucking throwing water on you. Like, it's dope, bro. It's, it's a great experience. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, between the three sports you played in high school, baseball, wrestling, and football, if you could have chosen to go further with any of them, like, and you would have been in the same professional trajectory, which did you love the most? Um, I would say I love I'm torn between I'm torn between wrestling and football for sure. But uh, but uh, if I, if I could pick one to go pro in, man, I, I should have stuck with baseball, man. Those boys are getting paid, so. That's what I said, too. I said that when we were in college, and I got to see the baseball workouts that college players got to do. And I was like, why am I yeah, going man. through two-a-days in football right. pads when I could have been playing baseball? Yeah, literally. All right, next, next one we got, what is your favorite pregame meal? Uh, I'm big on pasta before, you know, pregame. You know, it gets to load up the carbs, load up the energy. So, I, I, I'd say pasta. Are you a uh, headphone guy or are you jamming out with the, the tunes in the locker room before a game? The pins was on the aux, man. Uh, okay, well, as soon as, soon as somebody – you get two songs. If you mess up two songs in a row, I got to put the headphones in. That's kind of how I, I approach it. All right, what, what do you got on your headphones then? What, what music do you, do you like to get to before a game? Oh, man, I like, uh, a, lot of, like, I like a lot of Chicago artists. So I say, like, you know, like G Herbo. Uh, man, I was, I was big on Chief Keef when I was you – know, earlier in college but uh, i'd say probably a lot of, a lot of herb man a lot of herb all right uh, ne yeah ne next one we got here so if you had to pick one one player that that you emulate the most who would it be and i don't honestly don't know who I, maybe jason kelsey like with ryan jensen a little bit you know those kind of guys who play a little bit grittier a little bit a little bit nastier i'll say one of those two more athletic can get out in space yeah. and everything like that yeah, Jason Kelsey's a dog in space. Oh yeah. Uh, by by the way, we all we're all saying his name wrong. It's Kels. It's Kels. Kels. I I just uh, that was like a big thing. He was on a podcast. He's like, my last name's pronounced Kels, but everybody's called me Kelsey my whole life, so I just roll with it. So it's Travis Kels, not Kelsey. I guess so. Wow, never knew that. Uh, this last one, it's gonna feel like I'm setting you up, but I promise it's 100 percent objective. Who's your favorite favorite teammate that you played with? That I've played with at Illinois. That that maybe has a podcast that you've played with. We went international together. Now, who who's your favorite teammate that you've had uh, um, so far uh, between college and, and your short time in the pros? I would definitely say it's not Jimmy. Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> damn <laughs> oh, man, I've had a great bunch of great guys, man. Uh, I, for being honest, man, I was really tight with uh, with Big John, man. Big John, Big John, that was my guy. So, all right, yeah. give it to Big John. He's a he's a legend from that trip to China. Uh, yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, he was uh, it was the biggest guy on the team. He was the most aggressive guy on the team. He had a couple personal fouls in the tournament, but it was uh, he was like a hockey enforcer almost. He would make yeah, sure that yeah. those international dudes knew not to mess with any of us, and he maybe put one of their guys out too. So Big John's a, Big John's a legend for sure. Absolutely.
he also, Nico, he went and played in a national rugby tournament right after he got back from our trip to China. Yeah, he does play rugby. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So he was all over the place, man. You, Nico, you got anything, any other questions to wrap up here? No, nah, man, I'm really, really looking forward to you as a, as a diehard Broncos fan. I know we play you guys this year. So I, I think, I think we're on, I think we're in Pittsburgh though. So I will definitely be looking forward to seeing you on the field very, very soon. Cause like we said, we, you're, you're our very first current athlete. So we, 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 we have a little more, I mean, it's going to pain Jimmy to root for the Steelers. I know it will be, but I'm going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to, we're going to tune into some of your games and I can't wait to see you ball out, man. Oh, for sure. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on, man. It was a good time. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Uh, get the word out about, you know, you starting your career and everything like that. I might not be invited to the game. Like if the Pittsburgh plays in Denver, Nico and I will go, but Nico might not want to sit with me because I'll be rocking a, a Kendrick Green jersey over a Bronco jersey in that game for sure. For sure. Yeah, every time, man. Every time. No, nah, man, we, we really appreciate it. Good luck to you in your season. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best and a whole bunch of success as you continue to, to start your career and everything like that. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Vice versa, man. Y'all stay safe. All right. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, head of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm yeah, sticking up for nigga. Let that music like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for money. Both and only one can leave. Hold on, wait a minute. That's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is, not? This is just our podcast. What, what's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh, yeah. I don't check it. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to give somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well, tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with the microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. <laughs> so it's two brothers. Both enter. One microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that. Nico, the best part about 2021 and things starting to open back up again has to be... I mean, it's the bars opening up, man. We got the Nugs and Avs in the playoffs. And where, where else am I going to go watch them than our friends up at High Alpine Brewing, don't you think? I mean, it's a lot better than the alternative that we had to do last year, sitting at home watching by yourself and drinking beer. Now you can go out to one of the best, youngest breweries on the western slope of Colorado, out there in Gunnison, the High Alpine Brewing Company, and you can enjoy a great handcrafted beer brewed in the back of the brewery, actually. They hand-brew all of their different recipes that are on the menu, get a nice pizza, sit down and watch some playoff basketball or playoff hockey with... 
I think one of the coolest communities in the state of Colorado. They also just opened up their patio seating. So be sure to go check out Scott and the High Alpine Brewing Company. You can check them out on social media at High Alpine Brew. And if you're ever in that area, it'd be worth the drive to go take a little bit of a scenic route to Gunnison and enjoy a nice cold beer and some playoff sports with High Alpine Brewing Company.